Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Today's Blitz Rewind starts now. Both Altuve and Correa have decided not to play. Yeah, and for a couple of different reasons, um, Jose Altuve is taking a break for injury purposes. He's a little bit concerned about his leg. And then, and then Carlos Correa... He basically wants to shut it down and spend some time with his wife, who's expecting their first child. You have three guys, Jacob DeGrom, also not playing this year. So there's three all-stars who are not going to play. My theory is that basically Nick Casario is just Bill O'Brien in a different position. That's why he hired David Culley. He wants a puppet. He wants a guy who can put his hand up his back and will do what he says so he can do the whole roster. And the fact that he liked to sit in there while they were calling plays on offense during games tells me he you know they're even calling it camp casario at 610 now but i think that's part of it and i think the easter bee influences are basically trying to build a fellowship of christian athletes here here's fred fowler and aj hoffman and we are back on the blitz hour number three 713-780 espn is your number 713-780-3776 or you can get us on the uh you can get us on twitter.com at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at Lance Zerline today, at Tyler Drew Scott. can text the show. You know the uh, number for that. You can uh, watch us on Twitch. You know the number for that. Miss the first two hours? That's some of what you miss. We're pretty sportsy. We'll, we'll try to mix it up a little more. We mix it up a little bit there. We do bad music at you. That's a good thing. Uh, I'll be available on ESPN975.com. Did you, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Tyler will be interested in this. Iceland decided to uh, test out a four-day work week. And guess what? The results were incredibly promising. I don't know if this means you guys waste a lot of time while you're at work, but they were every bit as productive and they were happier. I do waste some time at work, yeah. I mean, the extra day off. It's kind of different for having to do a show. But if I only do four shows a week, that'd be all right. I'd be okay with that. Do they make them work? Like, what's the, does the do they work like more 30, hours? No, it's thirty-two hours basically. You get oh, so you don't work more hours? You, no, no, you don't work more hours. You just you work less days, and it all seems to work. Okay, you know that couldn't happen here, right? Well, I, when people always say in other countries, in this country, this country is able to do, and I'm like, do you know what you're? You do know America's. We can't do anything, right? Like everyone hates each other, right? No, nothing can get done. If somebody wants to do something, and somebody else will automatically not want to do something, we can't all work together in a common oh, no, for we, a common good no. or common goal. It's don't tell me about what another country does because we can't come together to do anything here. Yeah, I, I don't know how many places that would actually work. That would have to be like a state by state basis because. These European countries are like smaller than Florida or smaller than California. Like that's how that works because it's basically just a yeah, state. That, that's it. like when they're is it Denmark is the one that that uh, like Bernie Sanders would always say is this great example. It's like well they got eighty five people. Yeah, you know we, we can't do that. We got more we got more than that in the Galleria area, and they all hate each other. I mean that's I mean part of being an American is is being a jerk. That's kind of what we are. Um. Yeah, but I wish we could get some things done. We can't. You know why? Because we we've 
entrusted politicians who do nothing but blame each other for anything. And all they care about themselves. Nobody cares about the people. I mean, I care about the people, but guess what? Guess how much power I have? None. I can't well, do a damn thing. You say you care about the people, but did you even know your boy got arrested? Uh, he didn't get arrested. Yeah, he did. Which which one? Little baby. Oh, that's not my guy. Oh, I thought you're. I no. thought little baby was your guy. No, is is he any relation to that boss baby that I keep seeing the advertising for? No. Okay, Sometimes good. I get dub baby and little baby mixed up. Uh. But little baby is James Harden's guy. That's the one James Harden gives presents to, like bags and cash and honey buns. Um, it's weird. It, I've never given another man a honey bun or cash. Well, not unless I owed him for bets. Um, but I've just never given it to I've, him. I've probably given a person an actual honey bun because I didn't want to eat it. Yeah, but not but as not a birthday a, present. Well, that's true. Well, that was a whole, like, I don't a give whole a, club like, full of honey buns yeah. and cash and a Prada bag. But honey buns Prada in him. this sense is $100,000. Yeah. Not and so what James, you get out of a vending machine. Yeah, no, James does things different, and that, that's a whole culture of, of giving that I don't understand. The Prada bags, I'm not ever going to give anybody I'm close with anything that's that, that's that expensive. Maybe the wife, but probably not even her. Um, James and Lil Baby are doing what they do, Paris Fashion Week. It's a huge week for James. Uh, no, not NBA Finals. That's not a James Harden week. Paris Fashion Week is the James. That This yeah. is what, I know it lines up with you know uh the nba finals but this is james's week paris fashion week so he's there and little baby had and the people they were with had like 20 grams of weed and got popped by police um apparently it's a really big deal there that's that's not something they're big fans of james was not handcuffed he was not arrested he was not Taken in, but little baby was so. I thought little baby was your guy. That's why I thought maybe he got arrested. So I was going to say mm. shout out Fred's guy, little baby, for getting arrested. Um, I get my babies confused as well. Yeah, so. duh, and lil. Isn't there another one? Well, and somebody and, on there like old baby. Well, it was old dirty or bastard. OG baby. How about that one? OG baby. That sounds like something there could be, but I don't think that's an actual thing. Okay. I don't think that's a real thing. Then somebody should claim that. That's pretty. That's pretty badass. So James Harden is. Uh, his name was mentioned, but he's not. He's not officially in trouble. Hmm. Not officially in trouble. But he's in the news on, on the week of hey. the NBA Finals. That's kind of cool. Yeah, week I mean, of NBA Finals, your name pops up. I mean, it's like being, not as a player, but that's kind of cool though. Yeah, just like there's uh, that boss baby. That's that's the one I was talking about. There's, well, it yeah, been baby him. from Cash Money. Yeah, right. Uh, but hey, the little back in the day but remember when he uh got eliminated and was in the strip club all night after that james yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to be more specific <laughs> yeah, exactly like every i time. don't know which year you're talking about sir um you're talking about the year six where james basically <laughs> threw a game against the spurs and then showed up at the club i think mm-hmm. that might be the year you're talking about and <laughs> think that's 16 and yes og boss baby is a kid's movie because the commercial was just on and i happened to it's one of those that uh for some reason on uh, Adult Swim, when you're watching, I think it's Adult, when you're watching Rick and Morty, that damn commercial. I mean, it's either that or Loki. On one of the two, it comes up all the time. It drives me nuts. So, 713-780-ESPN. I, 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 you're you into the finals, by the way? No. no. At all? I, I'm, I've Not wa- even as a gambler? I've been watching, no, because I don't bet NBA. I bet, you know, I pretty much bet hockey religiously. And now that that's over. 
Um, yeah, I don't. I don't bet the NBA. So. Why not? Not not even when you get to the playoffs. No, where it's a little no. more. It's it's. What's uh, your rationale? Uh, my rationale is is that I feel like I have an edge at other sports, and in NBA I don't. That's just purely a money thing. Uh, it, it's not. I mean, it's just I devote a lot of time to uh, to hockey this time of year. I devote a lot of time to horse racing, uh, and when we get to football, I have you know there's only so many things. Like I'll have Canadian football, I have college football, I have the NFL. I don't really have time for basketball ever. It never really baseball too. It doesn't fit into my my study time, and so I'm not going to waste any time with something that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to at least know more about than the other people who are betting. Did you love? Uh, not love, but did you like Chris Paul the Rocket? Yes, and I'm rooting for Chris Paul, and okay. I'm, I'm watching as a as a fan because I hope Chris Paul I not a Chris gambler. No, but no, there's, I have zero gambling interest in the NBA. I think I've made one NBA bet in two years, and it was it was when I found out somebody was it was I think when Harden was still here, and I found out he wasn't playing, and the number hadn't moved yet. I, I've talked about on the. On the morning show, um, I'm really for Chris Paul. I really want to see him win. I think he, I think he plays. I don't want to say he plays the game the right way. I love his competitive nature. I love the way that he competes. I love the way that it matters to him a lot. He's got a little bit of a. He's chippy, but he's not dirty. Pat Beverly is dirty. Now, has he done a dirty thing here or there oh, or yeah. over the top? Yeah, without question. But I'd really like to see. I'd like to see Chris Paul win. And I, I think the, you know, I think that. Uh, Ever since 17 Astros, and really it started with the 15 Astros, but there's always teams that you can recognize that are kind of young, upcoming, upstart teams that that are fun to watch, and you can tell it's a good group who has fun together because we saw with the Astros. Yeah. And I I, I get that vibe off of Phoenix. Well, you, And you kind of got it in the, at the end of the bubble last year when they went in there. Yeah, and, 100%. And then, and then you go and add a guy like Chris Paul. It's not unlike adding a Justin Verlander. Uh, and, yeah, and I good think, point. And I think that, uh, uh, and I've loved watching this. I'm rooting for him. I mean, it's I, I'd be okay if either one of these teams won. And, and AJ and I talked about this a little bit last week because if the Suns win, Chris Paul gets a title before James Harden. I'm okay with that. I was always Team Chris Paul. And if the Bucks win, then Giannis takes another step up on the ladder over Harden. And so Harden's a loser. So it's, it's all it's yeah. All, it's all about Harden. Harden. Is, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but think about Chris Paul that I've always loved. And and I don't blame them for trading him when he did because he looked like he was done, and you know he, he was constantly injured, but he was always the pass first guy. You know he was always to me the consummate point guard who would do so well setting you up, and then when it was time to take over the game, he would like a mini Magic Johnson. That's what Magic used to do. Like Magic go out there and not take a shot for the first two quarters, right. and it's like okay, it's Magic time. Here we go. And and Stockton and Nash could do some of that too. Yeah, Nash definitely. Stockton always still, though, for the most part, deferred to, to Malone. But when you need him, he could yeah. he could step up and score some. What Chris Paul's done has just been totally different. Like Chris Paul is taking over games at a high level. You know, it's he's in the league. What is this year? Fourteen or sixteen? I think it's year sixteen yeah. for Chris Paul. We're talking about a guy who's been in the league a long time, who is still playing at this high level. Now I know that LeBron is too, but. When you talk about John, when you talk about Chris Paul with the injury stuff that he's had over the last five or six years, to be playing at this level right now, man, is that impressive? When I say this level, I mean it's ridiculous what he's been able to do. Yeah, and he's since since he came back from his little COVID thing, he's after that first game, he's been terrific. So, 
Robert says, kind of sad that it's all about what will make Harden look the worst, and I hate Harden. Yeah, but, hey, I'm just looking for a rooting interest, man, if I'm not going to bet on it. But I, I, I'd like he's to He's just see. telling you his rooting interest. That's all he's doing. No, I kind of adopted the Suns a uh, couple of rounds back. I mean, I'm ready to rally the Valley. So, Yeah, uh, I think they're a fun team to watch. The, uh, the Astros have a couple of guys who are uh, active now who are coming off the injured list. The bullpen is changing. And I want to get into why this could really help James Click a great deal and potentially your Houston Astros when we come back. I want to tell you about something that can help your house to become a home, and that's a patio from Texas Custom Patios. Go to tcplance.com, and you can see what my outdoor, what my backyard looked like, the back of my house, basically. Then and now, what you will see is going to astonish you. It's the most, um, it's the most response I've had on a social media post ever on anything uh, because people get blown away by it. But I think it's also because they see what maybe their house could turn into. You'll see my house didn't have any shade and you will see exactly what this patio was able to do. They added the gabled roof. They matched the roof to the existing roof. They built it onto the pre-existing structure. We added new siding. We added new windows and the result was simply astonishing. And we love it at my house whether it's grilling out there on the patio, watching games, having people over, just enjoying it, letting the kids go outside to watch something. Me and the wife can sit inside and watch what we want to and kind of get away from them. It's a fantastic spot, and it truly has turned our house into a home. Check them out for yourself at TexasCustomPatios.com and let them turn your hopes and dreams into reality with the best work you're going to find in the state. TexasCustomPatios.com. ESPN 97.5. And we're back on the Blitz. You know, I, I've, I've loved that song for years, but now every time I hear it, all I can think of is that scene from at the beginning of Ragnarok when he's beating all that ass with the with the hammer. That makes me like the song more. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, I had no idea I, that. I, you know what? I, I I apologize for saying Twitchers were smart because I, I asked a simple question. And all I'm getting is a bunch of smart-ass answers. So you guys can go suck it. Sorry, go ahead. You, you, had, uh, you had sport you wanted to do. Well, no. Well, so the Astros, you know, they um, – Abreu and Joe Smith were activated off the – and Abreu actually has made uh, appearances. So Abreu Jose and Joe Smith – Jose Smith pitched today. Oh, did Joe pitch yeah, today? Oh, yeah. I missed it. I missed him coming in after McCullers in. Uh, well, he obviously did a – Good job because no runs were allowed. Uh, Astros lost, by the way, two to one this afternoon. So they won two or three from the A's. But when you now have, so you have Abreu, you have Smith, you still have Christian Javier, who hasn't been as good lately. Ryan Presley is an all star. You now have a, Brooks Taylor is uh, a rather, uh, well, ta- Brooks, Brooks, Brooks Rayleigh. And so, wait, Taylor, Rayleigh. Rayleigh just went to the I.L. Okay, so Rayleigh, Rayleigh went yeah, to the I.L. Yeah, up, he's dead. Uh, so what, what you have now is Blake Taylor. So you have a group of pitchers who they can now shift in and say, okay, what about now? What about Abreu now? What about Joe Smith now? Because Joe Smith sucked 
early in the season. And he was like, also pitching hurt. Yeah. yeah. Well, he looked like he was a DFA guy. I didn't even know if he'd make be with the team long term. And uh, But that was weird because last year he was actually pretty good when they needed him to be. So now you get those guys coming in. You're healthy for the most part with your starting pitchers. You're going to see potentially after the All-Star break, uh, Luis Garcia maybe move into the bullpen as well. So now if you get, let's just say bull, let's say it's Odorizzi or Luis Garcia, if either one of those guys go to the bullpen. And then you have Joe Smith and Abreu hopefully healthy, and hopefully Abreu will show something this time around. And you know Javier is there. You know Ryan Presley is there. Well, all of a sudden, this gives James Click more time to take a look at who he has, what exactly he has. When Baez comes back, if Josh James ever makes it back, I mean, you're talking about a pitching, a bullpen, which has been terrible, you know, other than Rayleigh, where it could look completely different within the next month. I mean, completely different. Now, you're going to have, obviously, well, trade deadlines going to be coming up. And I do think they're going to make a trade. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt they're going to make a trade. But they may not have to add as many as two arms. At one point, I thought they'd have to add two arms. I think it's going to be one, but they might be in much, much better shape the second half of the season. Well, first off, I, I think we need to put Josh James on the Forrest Whitley list. He doesn't exist. Uh, I mean, let, let's, let's not count on him. But Baez is not far off. The, the guy who I'm, I'm intrigued by, who has never pitched for him, they signed last year, Austin Pruitt who sometime after the All-Star break, you'll get him back, theoretically. Yeah, I forgot about him. Uh, so, I mean, th- there may be arms there. It's just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I would trust that group. Now, I, also, when you get to the playoffs, when you shorten everything, you're not going to see some of these clowns out there that we've been seeing. That well, we got an Astros call. Let's, let's take an Astros call. We do. We have uh, Ryan. Go, Ryan. What's going on, sports fellas? Hey, what's going on, Lance? Hey, I just donated the eyelids to kids. For nice, kids man. Right now. You're, so, you're doing you a great thing money. helping kids with no eyelids. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, no, dude. I know it's it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of hard to come up with that kind of stuff to give kids eyelids. So I figured I'd donate. But anyways, what are the – this is like a long shot, and I've had conversations with friends before. But what are the actual, like, chances saying, like, you know, later on in the playoffs that Verlander would pitch for the Astros? And that would be my call. Thanks, though. Yeah, so that's officially his call. Um, it's been talked about. I think Justin Verlander would probably love to get back and compete in the postseason, what he has left, and how quickly can he get ramped up. And I don't know, but I can tell you this. If the Astros look like they're a long-term team, Verlander may be willing to take certain chances or maybe to come back a little earlier with some of his rehab stuff. I mean, if you were to get Verlander back, I don't think he's a guy that could come out of the pen because I just coming off of that arm injury, do you really want to have him pitch in multiple games? Maybe you just spot him a couple times and that's it. Maybe he is a relief pitcher, but you're only going to use him once every five days and not anything more than that you still feel like he would bring some juice to the team. Just having a Justin Verlander in your dugout? Yeah, I I think, well, I don't think it's going to happen first off. Let, let me just be perfectly honest about that. And I've heard Creighton talk about the fact that they basically have insurance on him for this year. If he comes back and pitches, they have to pay it. Yeah. And 
I don't know if Jim I, I I still will give Jim Crane the benefit of the doubt until he proves to me that he's not gonna go over that luxury tax line. But yeah, the 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 boost that would give you be worth it. And you know, it, I, I think I don't know how much you'd get out of him, but if you got something, be pretty good. Somebody goes, does he want to come back with no spider tack? Eh, that might be a factor. We don't know. Yeah, although, but, although I got to be honest, most of the Astros pitchers haven't been affected by this. No, no. But the two the two guys who were named by the clubhouse attendant in uh, Los Angeles with the Angels, the guy who got fired were Garrett Cole, and I'm pretty sure Justin Verlander was the other one. So you, you never know. And and Garrett Cole had some kind of weird comment where he's like, "Is this something that's passed down by the veterans?" And it's it's in that series of terrible answers that he had. But it did you you could read between the lines and say, "Huh, I wonder if he's referring to Verlander since he pitched at a different level coming over from Pittsburgh over to Houston. He pitched at a different level when Verlander was there. I wondered if he was maybe shouting out um, Verlander for." Giving them the heads up on it, I don't know, but yeah, you just get the feeling. I don't know, spider attack or no spider attack. If you have Justin Verlander, the juice that it gives your organization would be a substantial lift. And even if he can only pitch in four games in a postseason, over a th- over three different series, as long as it's not you, the World Series, you just yeah, you just you just get the sense that it would be electric in the stands. Like it would be electric if he pitched. If Justin Verlander took the mound after two seasons, one of them a COVID ravaged season, one of them, you know, he wasn't here all year long, and all of a sudden in in late September, here comes Justin Verlander before the postseason or, or into the postseason getting on the mound and, and throwing warm up pitches, the place would go bananas. It would be it would be crazy. So I think it's a I don't want to call it a long shot, but I don't think it's gonna happen. But you know, if I had to make odds on it, I'd say no minus 300. I feel like yeah. three to one kind of. Yeah. I mean, because he's been out. I mean, if you look at the time frame, it does seem possible, but there's been no movement. There's been no talk of it. It's no, very, very I, no, quiet. I guess there was like a, a, a Instagram post where he was throwing the ball and said things look good or something like that, and that kind of set everybody off. But it was very cryptic. And, yeah, I, I mean, he, he hasn't said anything since like second month of the season as far as i know so but i mean it's fun for as a, as a fan to speculate how, how cool would it be but i mean how effective would he be and, and i and i do think that insurance thing might have something to do with it so all right well we come back i, I have a parenting question for you mm, i think I, I think i'll be able to help you yeah uh, i, I want to know if this is something that uh that you would do in your home okay uh we're going we're going to go back to new zealand by the way <laughs> then the answer is no. <laughs> so we're gonna take it back to New Zealand. It's a little Zealand. different. No, there's no, there's no baby named Slayer or anything like that. I don't know. Technically, though, reading this story could have been the same woman. All right, quick break. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. ESPN 97.5. Yeah! 
You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. We are back on The Blitz. And a little shout-out to, to Glenn Davis and uh, Hugh O'Connors. They're selling these shirts out there. Uh, pretty badass. You should go get one. Soccer matters. Not on tonight. NBA Finals on tonight. Okay. Uh, you not? Do you care about soccer? I do. I, mean, I know it matters. It does matter. No, I, I'm. Listen, but are I, the Euros? Have you watched the Euros? Yeah, now? yeah. I'm kind of. Uh, I, I had mixed feelings because I've been rooting for England, but then I'm hard to root against Denmark, um, especially considering they killed a guy, and um, and plus, you know, like one of Glenn's big sponsors is is, uh, is from Denmark and always comes on the show. And, you know, so I want to help support the sponsors and root for his team. But, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for England. Yeah. Um, I thought, um, I think it would be a good finals. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I like it. I like watching international soccer. Yeah, I, I, I love watching the countries. Like, did you see the, did you see, it was a bad call that helped them with the, the penalty kick. But yeah. did you see the response in Birmingham for all the English fans that are at the outdoor pub yeah. or whatever that went, absolutely ballistic or in the stands itself at Wembley. Yeah. Like, I just think that's awesome. Well, and I have a couple of friends from England. Actually, last night we were out, uh, having a couple of drinks with my wife's boss. Who's also from England. So it was like, they're all so excited about it. And, um, you know, looking forward to that. I, I, you know, got to be a Chelsea fan a couple of years ago. So I watch all their matches, but I, I really like watching. I don't get into every one of the European leagues, but I'll, I'll watch almost any premier league match on a Saturday morning. I just, I really enjoy that. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were a Premier League guy. Yeah, I just I, I think uh I mean I, I it was just sort of developed. And I mean I'm not listen, I'm not hardcore or anything. I'm not gonna sit here and talk strategy with you, but I, I enjoy watching it. And I I bet on that a little bit too. All right, so I'm gonna ask you just a little parenting question. Um you're sending your kids off to school with their lunch. Mm-hmm. And you're sending them with yogurt, sliced apples, biscuits, chocolate muffin, and a can of non-alcoholic vodka. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing. Uh, I didn't either. That was the first surprise. Is uh, there's non-alcoholic vodka, but Boy, she what a waste. She That's uh, oxymoron. She gets on Twitter and says, "Perfect, yeah." Because I mean, vodka. non-orgasmic sex. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect addition to school lunches. She wrote on the post. Well, that doesn't sound terrible, actually. Uh, and then uh, out, that, of course, outraged parents. Wow, putting a non-alcoholic drink in a lunchbox. How irresponsible. Wait a minute. Maybe you should call it something else. Because a non-alcoholic drink is not irresponsible unless it's non-alcoholic vodka, right? Uh, please tell me this is a joke and a really bleepy one. Um, the cans claim to taste like the real deal. They don't actually contain any alcohol at all. Uh, she said the post was just a joke, which is like, that's like saying you're hacked, right? Oh, it's just a joke. But uh, said, uh, we probably don't parent the same, have the same friends or share some similar political views, but that's okay, isn't it? I hope their concern didn't keep them up all night. They have kids to raise after all. Um, Non-alcoholic vodka. Do you yeah. give them mixers with it? Like, it's not going to taste good straight. Well, let's, let's be honest. Vodka doesn't have much taste. No, but it's it's not going to be... I can tell you this. Kids... Okay, do you remember... What was the first drink you had? I was six years old, and my drunk uncle gave me a pearl. Okay. What about you, Tyler? Uh, we were at the Deer Lease, and I took a sip of my dad's bush light when I was like five. 
And I spit it back in the can. I was probably I, I did not like it. Ten, and my uncle gave me the uh, the banquet beer, of course, the okay. course banquet, the course yeah, yeah, yeah. So didn't like it. I mean, six year old, you're not going to like it either. When did you like the taste? When no. did you like? When were you okay with the taste of alcohol, or like it, or whatever? Um, it takes a little while. It takes a while. I used to and I used to describe the show to people. It's like some people. First time they have alcohol, it's like, oh, this is great. But a lot of people, they have to, you know, they taste it. Like, eh, eh. You like it because it gets and, you messed up. And then you drink everything. Taste. Uh, but not at first. I guess uh, probably when I was uh, like 16 and we were cruising Palmer Highway in Texas City and drinking those big Schlitz 40s. Yeah. That was our drink of choice. I probably got You the, and Easy E, we're hitting the 40. Um, yeah, it was. It was Cruising down the street and Fred six foe, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I didn't. But you don't like the taste of alcohol when you're kids, so you're gonna have to have a mixer too, even with the non-alcoholic vodka. Which I am really curious about this non-alcohol vodka. Here, yeah, I listen. I'm fundamentally opposed to non-alcoholic alcohol. I get why some people yeah. drink it. You know, if they've got a problem or whatever. Yeah, the cool. beer is one thing, but I didn't know vodka had. I guess it's for the same reason. Yeah. For alcohol I mean, or people who have alcohol issues who don't want to. Yeah, I'm, I mean, at, at this point, I'm just. But I'm, at that point, like, why even tempt yourself with? Yeah, yeah, that seems that seems counterproductive. Anything to me. like that? I mean, peer pressure. You just want to look like you're drinking, but maybe you want to quit. Maybe you're not an alcoholic, but you want to quit, or maybe you've diagnosed yourself and you say, "But you know what? I don't want people messing with me because I might be with John Granado. For example, I John mean, would probably call you a somebody. puss yeah. or make fun of you. And so you're like, oh, I'm that's throwing true. them down too, John. Look at me go. But Man, that's yeah, not, but that's, he'll see duels and just immediately just crack you. That's, like that's oh. not a good friend, though. I mean, I've actually got a couple of friends who who are have stopped drinking and still want to hang out with us, and I'm not going to be going. Oh, here, man, you better drink this. You know, it's like, hey, man, cool. You know, yeah, because you're them. an actual real friend. Yeah. John and his crew is going to crack you one. Yeah, especially if you're inside their crew. <laughs> you're drinking the non-alcoholic vodka. Uh, I only half joke on that, but I feel like the kidneys have a mixer too, like chocolate milk, and you know, turn into maybe a little bit of a. That's actually funny you say that. A white so, Russian type of vibe. Yeah. I have black uh, Russian. Whatever. Little cousin. Uh, he ended up. He was 16, I think, and they snuck a few beers out of dad's fridge, and they went over to their friend's house, and they knew that they didn't like the taste of beer, so they were going to mix it with something. And they mixed it with milk for their Ugh. first time to like actually down a beer. And they they mi- wait, 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 wait. They mixed the beer with milk. To, they, they had to drink milk it. beer. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, it was all, it was gross. We threw up. And they're like, are you gonna steal beer out of my fridge again? And he's like, no, not at all. So I think that probably turned them off from beer drinking. Mm. I mean, he's twenty four now, so oh man, I don't even know if he drinks Ed- honestly. You probably. I'm going to say you've probably done this. Not that you drink anywhere near as much as I do, but when my kids were little, and I'd run out of stuff to mix vodka or whiskey with, Pedialyte. <laughs> and, so, and you want to talk about something that will get you messed up in a hurry? So I drank something in New Orleans. I was told about. They're called Gator GDs. You can. You know what the GD is. So it was Gatorade, beer, and vodka. And, of course, that's a New Orleans, like, where were we? Uh, Metairie. So it's a Metairie thing with all those yats who are, like, I worked at a Daiquiri's and Creams. 
which was awesome. We had the drive through the people like I would work there in the afternoon. You could drink whatever you wanted to Eddie Martin jr. And these jockeys coming from Jefferson downs would come by and I'd like give them free drinks. They give me tips. If I go, went out to the track, they give me buddy, tips uh, about their horses. My buddy Rick Mocklin was the track announcer out there for me. Is that years. right? Yeah. He's got, Eddie he's got Martin a band. Jr. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so these drinks were Gatorade beer and vodka. And, I was told, oh, it takes it to your muscles faster. I don't know, something like that. I've heard that about Gatorade, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, and it actually wasn't that bad. Gatorade and beer actually wasn't that bad. I think the vodka was just a kicker just because you wanted it to, you know, because it was New Orleans, you're probably a little more hardcore than you need to be. But it actually wasn't a bad drink, to be honest with you. Now, I've never had it as an as a true grown-up. I'm not, you know, I, I am a proper gentleman. I'm not trying to sit here and make up drinks like a fool. But I can understand if you. When's the last time you did the Pedialyte, though? Oh, well, that was when my kids were young. I mean, that's that, what I'm saying. It's probably, uh, maybe. Well, let's see. My, it would have been right, shocker, right before we got divorced. Where were you, um, <laughs> what were you mixing it with? Uh, usually vodka. Yeah, you, know, you get that great Pedialyte and vodka. Man, that's some uh, good oh, stuff. No, I 100 percent could see that as uh, a drink. Pedialyte's like now they almost strictly market to people who potentially have hangovers yeah Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why i never had hangovers back then i bet that's why i was at a convenience store not that long ago i don't remember where it was it was it was not in houston i think it was when we were coming back from west texas and there was a convenience store it was like a shell station or whatever and it was they had these they had you know how you have the little uh like you might have a Budweiser or a Bud Light where they're all stacked up in a certain way. Yeah. And it's somebody comes in and does that. But this was Pedialyte. And I was thinking, what the hell are all these Pedialytes? Like a massive amount of Pedialyte. But I guess you're right. I yeah. guess that's why it was. Well, and near the, near the end of the relationship, I was pretty miserable. And so I would just stay at the office as long as I could. And then I'd go play poker at the old prime, the illegal place. But I love night. my wife and I love our relationship. Yeah. And that still sounds like stuff I like to do. And uh, so then when I'd get home, it'd probably be four in the morning. And I needed to get about four hours sleep before I went back to work. So a little Pedialyte and vodka and then uh, play online poker for about an hour. And then when, was that a Chronicle? Or, yeah, it was Chronicle at the end. I was I was online I, poker. Were you party poker back uh, then? I was uh, poker stars in full tilt. Oh, OK. Yeah. And that was before they were illegal. But uh, yeah, the last the last four months at the Chronicle, I, I I wanted out of there so bad. I was going to kill myself if I didn't get out of there. And and the marriage was just as bad. So, yeah. And I actually. So that's how you turned to Pedialyte and vodka. Uh, that yeah. sounds like something from yeah. a Nick Cage movie like Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, no, I'm just. I, I was. Uh, it, it sucked, but that's how I got through it. Pedialyte. So there. It actually doesn't sound like the craziest mix I've ever heard, though. Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to have any more kids, so I'm, I'm not going to go buy Pedialyte. Yeah. But, you know, for those of you who have young kids, it's worth trying. So, uh, usually we do Hoffman on Hollywood on Thursdays, but guess what? Since he's not here, we'll do Falcon on Famous People. I've got some stuff for you. Some good movie stuff that I want your, your takes on. And this is over. One segment left. How about that? Quick break. It's a Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. This 
is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. One last segment to go. And uh, even though AJ's not here, we'll do a little Falcon on Famous People. So, Quentin Tarantino's been making the rounds. Where do you come down on Quentin Tarantino? Huge fan. Yeah, me too. It's your, uh, it's your best underrated Tarantino movie? Uh, underrated, uh... I mean, not a lot are underrated. I mean, I still think Inglorious Bastards was phenomenal. Agree. Um, maybe I think the second time I watched Jackie Brown, I, I like that's it that's the one I I, yeah. I've come to appreciate that I thought didn't get a lot of attention. I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one of the things he talked about was uh, how he basically helped the film industry overcome cancel culture in the eighties and nineties. I don't recall that. Well, he says the 80s and the 50s were the worst times for movies ever because... I've heard him say this, It was this politically correct time in the 50s. It was different because it was just society. In the 80s, self-censorship was going on. It was the rise of political correctness after the 70s. I don't remember this. I'm not going to lie. Where everything was just go as far as you can, and all of a sudden everything got watered down. Most important thing about a character was that they were likable, and every character had to be likable. Uh, he said that uh, he was inspired by wild, over-the-top foreign films in the 80s to make whatever movies he wanted to make without allowing they, quote marks, to stop him. Hmm. I dare uh, you to try to beat cancel culture now. Yeah, but I mean, in, I do remember him getting some uh, criticism for, like, liberal use of the N-word. Yeah, it was a little and, wilder and more violent, some of his stuff was, but, too. I mean, he always pushed the envelope. Now it's like nothing. I mean, it... That wouldn't even be a Game of Thrones episode, but um, but yeah. So uh, he 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 kept cancel culture at bay. The other thing that I I found interesting, you know, he's talking about doing what his last movie was going to be. Apparently, it was on Bill Maher, which I only watch when the wife has it on, so I didn't get to see this. So I'll probably have to go back and find it. But um, he said uh, he gave thoughts to uh, remaking Reservoir Dogs as his last movie. Which um, I've heard that he said I've actually considered making a remake of Reservoir Dogs as my last movie. I won't do it, Internet, but I considered it. So it's not really news if you're not going to do it. Uh, leave that movie alone. I, I don't. I don't need to see that remade. Now, if you want to do like a longer director's but if cut, he, but if he remade it, don't yeah. you have faith that he would do something that was different but still very good? Maybe almost like updated. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on how you do it because. If you're just doing a re a reboot of the same thing, you're not going to match the cast. There, there were so many cool things about that movie that you you can't replicate. Now, if you're going to do like a remastered version with added scenes and things like that, and added story stuff, I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, because isn't Chris Penn dead? Yeah, yeah. He died in the movie too. I, I don't know if well, you knew that. I do know that. I watched that the other night. Oh, good. Uh, were you guys fans of The Exorcist? Uh, 
I saw enough when I, I saw enough when I was a kid that it sufficiently scared me, and I was out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I was nine when it came out. Well, uh, I saw it. I saw it when I was, uh, you know, I saw it when I had been out for a while. But I had heard it was scary, and it was, and it lived up to the hype. But now, if you watch it, I mean, in the pea soup and stuff, it's comical. Yeah, I, I mean, probably when, so. when I was a nine-year-old kid, it scared the living hell out of me. And for some reason, we watched it in the theater right when it came out because my mom would just drop us off and we'd go to these R-rated movies. And, uh, yeah, but they're making a sequel. Uh, a new Exorcist film will be a direct sequel to the original. Halloween filmmaker David Gordon Green will direct. Um, I don't know what kind of sequel you would do, but he says it's going to be like... Uh, the Halloween sequel. I think it's going to be pleasantly surprised all the skeptics out there. Well, but when you start off having to surprise the skeptics, uh, said we had a lot of skeptics about Halloween, and David turned them around. I think he's going to turn it around with The Exorcist. Okay, I'm, I'm probably not all that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but he did do. Um, he also did Pineapple Express, which I'm a fan of. See, I wanted to like it, and I just didn't like it. And I wanted so badly to like. You're not a big enough stoner, man. You got to be. You got to be a big time stoner to like that movie. You think? Oh yeah, because I like it. Uh, All (laughs) right, yeah. So uh, here's one that I might be interested in. Where do you come down on Tom Hardy and Timothy Oliphant? Uh, I like both of them. I do too. I I think they're uh, especially Timothy Oliphant. I mean, he's he's. I mean, I didn't like that Santa Clara diet show he did, but everything else he's ever been in. I've Hardy really is a guy who, to me, yeah, Ol- Oliphant is good. And Hardy is a guy that really, every scene he's in feels like the intensity level ramps up. Oh, yeah. In any Peaky Blinders, I was like, God, yeah. man, he just, but, something's yeah, they had happen. To, they had to bring him back just because he was such a popular character. Even something's going to happen when he's yeah. on. So uh, there's going to be a sequel to The Raid, uh, which I don't know if you saw that, that's going to feature both Tom Hardy and Timothy Oliphant. Uh, it's the same guy who did the raid is, is making an action thriller with Netflix. Uh, count me in on that. Uh, it's called Havoc. It takes place after a drug deal goes wrong and centers on a bruised detective who must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a, pol- a politician's estranged son while unraveling a deep web of corruption and conspiracy that ensnares his entire city. Uh, in addition to Hardy and Oliphant, Forrest Whitaker... Uh, Ooh, good cast. Yeah. Uh, and a UFC fighter, Michelle Watterson, also will appear. Never heard of her. Me either, but if she's in the UFC, that's pretty good. So, anyway, that's Falcon on Famous People. There you go. What's that mean? Uh, well, you're just hopping on Hollywood. I just do. I just take the. I just change the name, basically, for one day. While, oh. While he's not here. <laughs> where he goes over Hollywood stuff like that. So I just changed it to Falcon on Famous People. Oh, okay. As opposed to Hoffman on Hollywood. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just want to keep the alliteration. Yeah, yeah. I it, it's really kind of stupid, but I haven't had to do it very often because he's usually not off on Thursdays. You okay with this whole, I guess you can't do anything about it, this Champa Bay? You uh, heard this now? No. It, They're doing this Champa Bay because... The Bucks won, then the Lightning wins for the back-to-back, which, I, you know, me personally, congrats, you won two NHL titles in a row. Great, fantastic. Uh, they almost got there with the Rays last year. Yeah. Like, they got a pretty good run going over there in Tampa right now. Yeah. I, they got a really good run going. It, it's it, it's hilarious to me. It's like the most undeserving fan base in America to get that. 
But, hey, you know what? The teams are really good, but Champa, come on. I don't know, hard to argue with them. That's uh, three titles and a trip to the World Series in the last calendar year. I mean, it's pretty strong. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah, that, that's that's hard to top. Boston was doing some similar stuff, too, at one point. Yeah. A while yeah. back, but they were doing it, too. Bruins, Red Sox. And, and the thing is, and we know the, the Bucks are going to be good at least for another year. Uh, the Rays are obviously very good this year. And, I mean, the Lightning are going to get crushed by the cap, but they'll they'll still be good. So, yeah, and that's all three of their teams, right? Hey, Lance, thanks so much, man. It's always a pleasure. Enjoyed it. Great job, Tyler. Great job, Lance. I did okay today. I'll give myself a D plus. Till tomorrow, stay sports, you bitches. ESPS. 97.5.